630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Canadians breaking back the other way. Gallagher with a shot. He scores! Brendan Gallagher down the left wing. A shot that finds the five hole of Jack Campbell. And the Canadians draw first blood. That's Joe Bowen, Sportsnet 590 in Toronto. Brendan Gallagher sending the Canadians on their way to a 3-1 victory over the Maple Leafs last night. The Leafs looked like they had it a week ago, up 3-1 in the best of seven series. Lost in overtime, lost in overtime, lost game seven on home ice. And they, like the Edmonton Oilers, now have to deal with playoff disappointment after a pretty good regular season. Second period in Carolina, four minutes left. Tampa Bay on the power play. And they have a one nothing lead. That is your only game tonight. Of course, we will keep you updated. Okay, we will jump back here to the Certainteed Hotline. Certainteed professional-grade building materials. He is a sports columnist with The Athletic out of Toronto. He is an author of a book called Before the Lights Go Out. It is Sean Fitzgerald checking in, as he often does here on Inside Sports. Sean, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I, I, I'm doing great. I have uh, I've enjoyed seeing the Elks unveil today. I have enjoyed Ooh. seeing a, a mostly positive reaction, certainly to the logo. And uh, I think they, I think they've done okay with uh, the the Elks name. And uh, we go from here. Let's let's play some football. I mean, you're a big uh, CFL supporter. What did what did you think of the unveil today? You know what? I really like the merchandise. I, I, I didn't know what to expect, but I, I like the, I certainly like the, the scheme. I like the design. Um, and I think it's, I think it's unique enough that I think it could, could turn out to be a pretty good news story for the Edmonton football team. That, you know, the rebrand uh, looks like it's, it's being successful and there's certainly a lot of merchandise that you'd be able to sell. I mean, I didn't, anybody who wants to quibble about the, the grammar, I guess, about Elks, and the plural of elk. Um, I mean, you can just look at the hockey team out here in Toronto. Although I hope that Edmonton has more success than they did. The Leafs instead of the Leaves. I mean, yeah, I joke about that sometimes too. And and you know, the team did look into it. Both are acceptable. And plus, I, I think sometimes when I go too far it, down that rabbit hole, yeah, yes, it is acceptable. It's 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 a it's a sport, it's not a grammar lesson. Mooses now, like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's to me. Uh, you know, and I joke about leaves and stuff, but I, I think in some, sometimes you have to draw the line. I mean, you don't, you, you don't listen to, uh, you know, rock and roll for the grammar. If the if the line is "ain't got nobody," then the line is "ain't got nobody." We know what the singer means, even though it's grammatically incorrect. <laughs> well, you know, we had much higher standards in football when it comes to things like grammar and proper usage. So yes, we'll we'll, we'll have to discuss this once the season kicks off. There we go. You're going to have to set aside like 30 minutes to discuss this. Yeah, we'll do 30 minutes on sports grammar. That's going to be you and me, buddy. That's the after That's the after hour show. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. So uh, before we, we dive into the, the mood in, in your fair city, tell me about, because I was on air a couple of days ago saying this could be the most watched NHL game in Canadian history. I don't think it got there, but can you give us some perspective on how many people viewed game seven and that series? Yeah, it didn't quite get there. It didn't even get to uh, Game 7 2013 uh, Leafs-Boston, which I, I can't remember the numbers. It was north of 5 million. But, but yeah, I mean, even though it was a weekday, 
um, even though you know it was awfully early for folks in in your time zone and, and points west to get in front of a television on a weekday, even in a pandemic, uh, they still did numbers that were north of you know your usual Grey Cup, um, which begs the question of you know what it might have been if we'd been sitting here getting ready to discuss tonight you know the anticipated meeting in the second round, which is supposed to be Austin Matthews against Connor McDavid, and what kind of ratings that might have brought in. Um, you know you had media buyers here in the city in Toronto wondering whether or not you start approaching Super Bowl numbers and a Super Bowl number in Canada is 7.1 million um, that's the kind of numbers they're talking about for a second round series so the fact that the lease are out and that Connor McDavid is potentially now golfing somewhere um, talks you know a little bit about the challenge that um, Rogers Sportsnet has had since it signed that you know long-term exclusive 5.2 billion dollar deal with the NHL that they picked the decade where it turns out that not a lot of Canadian teams are going real deep in the playoffs, let alone some of the most marquee players. All right. Okay. So sorry. What's the number one game of all time again? Is it, it's still, it's still game seven, Vancouver, Boston, isn't it? Uh, number one NHL game. Yeah. would be 2011. Okay. Uh, number one hockey game would have been the golden goal. Uh, I think it was like 13.6 million Canadians watched Sidney Crosby beat the Americans in 2010. I think that is still the higher watermark for sports in Canada. Right. And it okay. was basically half of the English language population. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's good perspective. But yeah, it was, it, 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 to me, that felt like an, an event game though, just because it was Toronto, Montreal and all the storylines around it, the original six teams, there are oh, still you don't have to lie you know what it was was that you had all of these desperate leaf fans who are just clinging to hope that they'd win for the first time since 2004 reed you have to be in university to have any living memory of this bloody team winning around in the playoffs so you had all of those people who were clinging to hope that they wouldn't choke this away and then you had the rest of canada just rubbing their hands with glee at another leaf's face plant and you know what a big chunk of that audience went away pretty happy yeah, well, that's true. Actually, there there were a lot of people. There are a lot of people happy that they lost, and that's how sports yeah. works. You take you take joy in other teams' misery. So, how what's it been like in that city for the last twenty four hours? I assume you've been engaging at least somewhat with sports radio and online and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, this one is different. I mean, you know, in, in semi seriousness, I mean, as serious as you can get talking about sports, I guess. But I mean, the Leafs have lost their last game of the season every year since 1967 right like it's a long time to go without winning so you know getting used to disappointment is kind of a birthright here in toronto for leafs fans this one felt different and this one this one's a bit different on sort of the richter scale of defeat so yeah i mean you mentioned we mentioned 2013 and that was the lockout shortened year where you know the leafs somehow forced the favored Bruins to a game seven, built up a 4-1 lead in the third period, and then collapsed like a, you know, a sand in the surf sort of thing and lost in overtime. You know, they, they've lost to Washington. They've lost to Boston. Boston, they haven't won a first-round series since 2004. The difference this time is that Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, they're not kids anymore. Right? They're not they're not teenagers. They've been through this. They've they've had those quote unquote learning experiences in the playoffs. The, the team went out and, you know, built around them. The, you know, oh the Leafs don't have enough veteran experience. Well, the Leafs went out and got some of the oldest veterans you could find. They got 
Joe Thornton and Jason Spetz is on the roster. They went out and got Zach Bogosian. Um, Goaltending is a problem. Well, okay, they went out and got David Riddick, who you know could prove to be a, a reasonable backup uh, for certain stretches. They went and they built and they got depth and they thought. And, and everybody else bought in that this was going to be the year. And that was only bolstered by the regular season performance and the fact that the Leafs finished first in the Canadian division and at times looked like they'd finished in first by a, quite a good distance. So to come out and then build a 3-1 series lead against a team that you know, didn't even have its you know, core, really. Like Cole Caulfield didn't dress for part of the early series um, that was still sort of in its own period of transition to go build a 3-1 series lead and then collapse with all of these things we're talking about has led to this feeling of screw it screw these guys it's time to you know wholesale changes fire the president fire the general manager fire the head coach get rid of you know marner like there is a real sense of exhaustion and i think anger at this team and that's been different than years past but they certainly can't, well, you'll tell me, they, they can't rip the team apart given the contracts and the age of some of the very good players. And Keefe hasn't been a coach there. I mean, I sound like I'm some great Leafs apologist or something like that. But but I'm still thinking, hey, if they if they score, and, and I'm going to bring this up to Kelly Rudy later, if they if they score an overtime goal in game five or six, I mean, we're a, we're a split second or a carry price edge of his pad save away from saying they figured it out and they came from behind and they toughed it out and they you know what i mean so like i i I can't see ultimately they they don't need to overreact to this loss either here's here's the thing though i mean yeah i mean the ifs ands or buts also dominates the conversation here i mean in 1993 if Kerry fraser you know doesn't have his head somewhere then he catches wayne gretzky high stick and doug gilmore and the leafs probably go on and face the montreal canadians in the stanley cup final that year right like if ands or buts the the more challenging part isn't that you know alex galchenyuk had a dreadful giveaway that led to a winning goal that you know turned the tide of the series, which he did. But again, there are other giveaways. It was more that you know when that tide turned, there was nobody fighting against the tide. That you take a look last night, like that was listless. That was terrible, objectively terrible hockey to watch. That you know, again, knowing that they've lost their last game of the season every year since 1967, you take away the small victories, and that's. You know, when they lose, when they lose in 93, you know, Doug Gilmore, you know, is 20 pounds lighter than he was at the start of the season, playoffs, because he's, he's drained, he's exhausted, he's given everything he could. That, you know, in 2002, when they go to the Eastern Conference Final, that, you know, there's Darcy Tucker and there's guys who are bleeding and cut and dealing with all of these injuries that just, you know, tape themselves together with bubble gum and duct tape so they can go on the ice and keep pushing. Last night, the sense was that even in the third period, even with your season on the line, even with this massive choke banner hanging over you, they didn't seem to break a sweat. And that's the real concern here. It's not that, you know, you can't break it up. It's that what do you have? Like, what are you maintaining in a core that is just going to sort of passively let, you know, a numerically inferior team take three games from you in a first-round playoff series? Well, when you put it that way, Sean, blow it up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's it's a legitimate question that you have Mitch Marner, who is obviously a tremendously skilled player, who puts up a ton of points in the regular season, hasn't scored a goal since I had a head full of hair in the playoffs, right? Um, and, and looked really timid and looked intimidated 
at times last night. And that's not a good thing. And again, she's not 18 years old anymore. Austin Matthews, again, got lots of shots, but, you know, shots don't count as goals in playoff hockey. Um, You know, there are lots of players that they count on who just didn't produce, and it's not a first time. This isn't their first rodeo. They've done this now for several years. How many more years are you going to do it? And there's been a comparison of, well, they're just the Washington Capitals. Well, no. Washington Capitals won around here and there before they finally got their big Stanley Cup payoff. The more troubling fact is, again, just the way that they seem to stop playing aggressively. Yeah, uh, that's interesting how you how you put that. And yeah, they're they're going to be a, uh, a a team to watch in the off season. For again, sure, I mean, with a flat with a flat cap for the next five years, you're absolutely right. Like. This isn't a non-salary cap era where you can just toss people aside and go out and spend a bajillion dollars on whomever. It's going to be difficult to, to sort of move things around, especially because the Leafs have so many players under contract and so much of their cap space accounted for. Um, but that's why they pay all of those capologists all of that money to figure things out. All right. Well, it's going to be fun. For all the wrong reasons, perhaps, just like you're in Edmonton, too. It'll be interesting to watch the team, but we wish we, we were analyzing this after they won a round or two uh, round or two as well. Who are you picking, Habs and Jets? I'm picking the Habs. I'm picking the Habs in six. You know what? I think, I mean, the Jets are rested. Um, I think that, you know, they have, they've shown before that late season swoon that they certainly do have some depth and they have some talent. Um, a rested team heading into a team that just played seven, I think that's the edge. After that, once you get into playing some of these American teams that we've been watching on TV, uh, all bets are off. Like some of those some of those U.S. teams, I mean, you tune any any game, I mean, you know, Vegas and Colorado looks like a completely different league. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the pace you see some teams playing at, it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Right, it's like you're playing, it's like you're playing G-level beer league and you get there early one night and like the B-level guys are out there and you're like, wow. <laughs> That doesn't even look like the same sport. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. All right, Sean. I, we always love when you check in. We're gonna we're gonna bug you throughout the summer here because we always have fun chatting wherever we decide to go. When are you gonna write another book already? Come on. <laughs> I can. I gotta keep my uh, I gotta keep my nights open for radio appearances. <laughs> my contract. There we go. There we go. All right. Well said. Thanks for checking in, Sean. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Be well. <laughs> That is Sean Fitzgerald, columnist with The Athletic Toronto, telling you a little bit about the TV ratings for the series, which were huge, even though they weren't uh, necessarily record-setting. And, uh, yeah, like he said, it's uh, maybe not just that the Leafs lost, but how they lost with kind of a listless performance in Game 7. 4.83 million Canadians, the audience for that uh, game, which is still outstanding, even though it, it didn't make it quite to the highest of all time. Okay, we still have Kelly Rudy coming up on the show. A little bit more on the Edmonton Elks, the new team name. By the way, the uh, the website, if you want to check it out, is goelks.com. And to buy merch, which I did earlier today, shop.goelks.com. Back after the break. <laughs>
good to have you tuning in tonight. NHL action. It is now through two periods. Lightning leading the Hurricanes 1-0. Goal by Kalorn at 7.09 of the second period. Hurricanes out shooting the Lightning 1-0. I got a, a really lengthy email here from Dale. Uh, Dale, I appreciate you taking the time to write the email to inside sports at 630ched.com. Uh, no offense, but if I read your whole email, it would probably take the rest of the show. Uh, basically, Dale does not like Elks as a name. Uh, he thinks it basically will be too easily mocked by other teams, such as Elks devoured by Lions, if and when they uh, lose to the BC Lions. And he pitched the name Elevation, the Edmonton Elevation. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. It's all, it's all a matter of opinion. I mean, my first choice was Express. And uh, it's not going to be the name of the team. So life goes on. They picked a name that I thought they probably would pick. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, if someone suggested Elevation, I would I would not seriously consider that name. Like, personally, I don't think that's a good name at all. Dale did. That's how it goes. They picked Elks. I think it's a relatively safe choice, and I, I do think they've done an excellent job with the logo and the mer- the the logo, the the logo and the merchandise, as we uh, move along here. So we'll see how that goes. Ryan King, the former member of the Double E football team, was involved in the video and the unveiling today, and he talked about getting involved. Incredibly honored to be a part of this uh, this reveal. Um, you know, I got a call from from the club a couple weeks ago, to, um, and it was, it was honestly, I was such a privilege to be able to be a part of this, to be around the club, to see all the excitement, to see all the work that went into this, and uh, I think they did uh, a great job. At it. I think they accomplished everything I wanted to. They hold the EE, the green and gold. You know, you have some historic reference with that EE vibe, and mm-hmm. close chapter, open a new one. So I think they they did a great job. I think the fans uh, are going to be really excited about this the community and uh definitely the cfl so they did a great job okay and i think now a big storyline is when do we get playing again ryan king remains uh, a member of the executive of the cfl players association and he talked to david morley a little bit about the return to play plan Really, it's just uh, getting those numbers down is going to be the key overall across the country. Um, it's hard with, uh, you know, multi-different provincial approvals needed, but uh, we've accomplished majority of those now. We're just waiting on uh, on a few, uh, call it official sign-offs, but the, all the news that we have is, uh, is looking really good for a season this year, and uh, we have a lot of plans in place so that we can adjust if needed if anything happens that we're, uh, we're not expecting. All right, a little bit there from Ryan King, and I think we're looking pretty good for an August 5th kickoff and likely with uh, fans in the stands, at least in Alberta. Okay, Kelly Rudy's coming up. We got the 7.30 news and weather. It's hot out. Inside Sports on Chet. just tough like I just think of how hard our team battled and for it to end on a goal you know first goal of my career and happening game seven you know it's not acceptable and um you know I think the team counts on me to be better and I know I can be a lot better than that 
That's Jack Campbell, very disappointed goaltender for the Toronto Maple Leafs after last night's Game 7 loss to the Montreal Canadiens. So that Canadiens-Jets series will start tomorrow in Winnipeg. The Golden Knights and Avalanche will play Game 2 tomorrow. One game going on tonight, three minutes into the second period, or third period, pardon me, three minutes into the third period, Carolina just going on a power play. They need a goal. They trail Tampa Bay 1-0 in the game and in the series. We'll uh, keep you updated as we bring onto the show powered by sentinel storage shop canadian store canadian try four weeks free visit sentinelstorage.ca former nhl goaltender now an analyst with the nhl on rogers weekly guest here on inside sports it's kelly rudy kelly how are you doing i'm doing really well reading yourself i am doing very well it's nice to chat with you man oh man a lot of developments since we last spoke <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'm just I'm just gonna make a statement, and you can agree, disagree, or just riff on it. You can just react. Yeah, the Stanley Cup playoffs aren't fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I laughed because uh, I don't even know what that word is. Like, what is fair? I, I don't think the NHL playoffs are fair. I don't think life is fair. You know, it's it's just. That's just what it is, right? It's, you know, you make the best of every situation. And, yeah, you might say, well, that's not fair. That's not right. But that's right. It just isn't. You just have to deal with it. And that's doesn't matter whether that's the NHL playoffs or life. You've got to find a way to weather through. Well, and that, that, I like how you put that. And the bottom line is the Toronto Maple Leafs had opportunities to win the series and different and didn't it's just i guess what i'm getting at with that that statement is in games five and six the toronto maple leafs came back from deficits and forced overtime and if they score the overtime goal or late in the third period in either of those games and they were inches away from doing so on a couple of occasions yeah. the dialogue is they fought back, look at everything they've learned from all of these past disappointments, and instead we're sitting here saying, well, they got to blow it up? Do they got to rip this team apart? <laughs> I, I'm so with you, Reed. Like, if you look at, and I think I said it last night in our pregame, and I think I said it postgame uh, after game six, if you look at the overtime in game six, Toronto should have won that, right? Like, there's no question. Toronto should have won that. They did everything possible. They had 13 shots on Terry Price, and I think, in my estimation, nine or ten of them could have been game winners. Not not just grade-A chances, but game winners, right? And Carey Price was brilliant. He, he held them in that one. And then I thought the same thing in uh, last night in Game 7, where Toronto had 16 shots. I, I know the argument is out there for sure. So I know you can easily say, yeah, that's stupid, Kelly, because in the first two periods, they only had 14 shots and they didn't look like themselves, right? So I totally understand that. But at least in the third period, they gave themselves a chance to crawl back into it. And and again, it was Carey Price. And so you look at it and you go, I think realistically, if you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs and the season they had, if you look at their lineup, I like them now. I the previous playoff losses, I didn't like their team, and and I'm I'm on record saying that. I, you know, I've said it many many times. I didn't like them. I thought they lost too easily, too soft. All these different things. I like their team now, and and the team that we saw in these playoffs, uh, even with some some of the guys in the lineup, 
you know, the guys were injured. Like, I know people are going to say again, well, that's not an excuse, but Riley Nash is an excellent hockey player. He would have helped them if he was healthy. Same with uh, Felino. He's an excellent hockey player. He could barely move. He could barely get around. He's, he's an excellent hockey player. So you add those guys, and, uh, you know, I think that moving forward, I would be very cautious to do something rash or blow it up or look at it and overanalyze right now i think i'd have to watch the entire playoffs uh play out and then try and get a better grasp of what the team is uh moving forward and and i know it's heartbreaking for lee fans to look at this and have a 3-1 lead and lose in game seven but this to me looks like a different team well and that's interesting how you put that because, as you know, and I even talked about it on my show last night because the game ended in, in the final half hour of my show. Yeah. That how much of this, and see, this is, this is the thing that, as people who observe and talk about pro sports, and I even catch myself doing that, where I'll think, well, yeah. why did I say that? But oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't, because we don't, you don't know how another person feels. Yeah. In pro sports, you get a black and white result. So, yeah. you know, we sit here, or I, I was sitting there last night and saying, how much of this is between the years? And I said that about the Oilers blowing a three goal lead mm -hmm. to Winnipeg in game three. Mm -hmm. How much mm -hmm. of that is, is between the years? And, and like, uh, you know what I'm getting at? I mean, we don't, oh, know how, we don't know how Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner felt playing game seven, but we wonder were they handling it as best they could have? 100% read and that, and that's you're not uh, overstepping your boundaries that, that's just a realistic uh, look at it so uh, I know you wouldn't have watched our pregame show last night because you were working yourself but we spent uh, a, the good part of the the pregame talking about mentally where are they and how are you dealing with the pressure because the pressure is there right it and and for this situation is different this Toronto Maple Leaf team because of the market they're in and because of previous seasons and not winning a playoff since 2004 had different pressure than any of the situations that any of us on the panel last night had ever been through right some of us had uh, more positive experiences going into a pressure game and so although we felt the pressure and it, it's real it probably wasn't to the magnitude that the Toronto Maple Leafs players were feeling going into game seven. I mean, Kevin Bexa and I talked about that, the, the weird feeling, like you should be going into a game seven with a positive, upbeat attitude. But Kevin talked about 2011, in which in the first round, they had lost previously to Chicago a few times. Uh, I think twice before, I could be mistaken. But they, they race out to a 3 nothing lead in the series, and Chicago uh, uh, wins the next three. Now they're going back home to Game 7, and Kevin said he was terrified about playing in Game 7, right? And he talked about the day before the game, and he, you know, he had all these negative thoughts. He didn't want to play the game. He wishes he could have snapped his fingers, and the game just would have been over, and they would somehow win. Now they did win in overtime on that great Burroughs goal, but that is how the mind goes. I remember before... Uh, read before game seven in 93 uh, in Toronto. So the conference finals, we're going to be playing on Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada in Maple Leaf Gardens, a childhood dream of mine, right? And I remember there might have been about 12 of us that went out for dinner on Friday night, and I'm having a great time, right? I'm 
having dinner with my buddies and 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 all of a sudden and i never shared this with anybody at the table but i'm all of a sudden this odd thought popped into my head and it was like hmm i wonder if this is our last dinner together of this season and why that would why that would pop up who knows but that's how our mind works right you know you have to account for those sort of things where that should have been a dinner where you know and it was a great dinner don't get me wrong but that should have been like wow like you know we're playing tomorrow night like i said on hockey night in canada and maple leaf gardens i used to play ball hockey and dream about this moment why would one negative thought pop into my head and it was real right you know and and other things like i talked again last night about how and this happened to me a number of times in my career when i was going into an elimination game and and nobody meant anything by it but i would hear things like so what are you going to do what are your plans if you lose tomorrow or if you lose tonight and you're thinking that is an odd thing to ask me but it is a real question to the people asking right like it it, it makes sense but to an athlete it doesn't but it is a, a negative thought that you're you have to deal with and, and there's no harm intended by asking the question but it is an odd question to ask the person face facing elimination yeah that's that's a great story about that game in 93 which i should remind everybody you guys did win for fans who might not uh mm -hmm. recollect recollect that that's serious but well, i think I, they I, believe fans remember because every time i'm in toronto i get reminded <laughs> yeah, of it how much they hate it <laughs> 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 well that yeah and to, to circle back to my sort of original thing i threw out at you about the playoffs yeah. not being fair and you're right life isn't fair it's how you deal with it yeah but you know kelly the the more i watch hockey and i've been well i was born in the 70s i can't really remember anything in the 70s because because i was too young but i've been right. I remember going back to the early 80s and the more I watch, the more I think to myself, there's hockey and then there's goaltending. Like these other 18 skaters can do everything yeah. perfectly. Yeah. And then a lot of it comes down to, to one guy. I mean, Mike Smith was great. Yeah. Connor Hellebuck was even better. And Carey Price, <laughs> you can yeah. look at save percentage or whatever, but like you said, Price made the stops and and you know I of course I you know McDavid, Dreisaitl, Marner, Matthews, yeah. McKinnon, Crosby, Ovechkin, like all these great guys. But I still yeah. think, man, oh man, if I'm starting a team from scratch, can you give me a top five goaltender? I might take him over any prolific point score. Carry any like anybody like just yeah. if you, you know, if I'm building a team, I would just say, well, oh, give, I me, see. give me a top five goalie, and we'll oh, go yeah, from there. Oh yeah, totally. 100%. And, you know, I think that I can't remember which I think it was an assistant coach, like five or six years ago, uh, said it best, the, the game shouldn't be called hockey, it should be called goalie. Because that really is what it all boils down to, right? If you've got a good goalie, you have a chance to win in this league. And, and if you don't, you're not going to end or you'll struggle mightily at certain times. And, and so that position is so, so important. And yet to stay at the top of the mountain is so tough. So we would have had this conversation or no, it's an ever moving target. Who's the best goalie and for how long will they be at the very best? Right. It, it's just a, it's a, a, such a hard position. And, and I think I'm going to go back to Jack Campbell and Last night, I, in the second period, I found out 
that I was going to have a day off today. So I checked out of the game of hockey as soon as the broadcast was over. So I freely admit I didn't watch any of the Islander-Boston game. I will later today, but I just needed a break. So I'm sitting on my deck with my wife. I'm having a Caesar. She's having a glass of wine. I'm having a great night, right? Like my work night's over. And I get a text from my friend, John Shannon. He said, because he knows what I've, I've talked about Jack Campbell being too t- too difficult on himself. So he goes, did you watch a presser tonight? And I said, no. So he sent it to me. And once again, I thought, that poor guy. Like, why are you doing this to yourself over and over and over and over and over? You've got to stop. You've got to be kinder to yourself, bud. Like, it, you know, it's great to take ownership, but you can't continually beat yourself up. I know that position. I know how tough it is on you mentally uh, in the best of times. And and he's going to have to really do some hard work to make sure that he doesn't do this moving forward. Like, I watched that presser last night, and that was difficult to watch. I mean, I had the audio on. I watched the video, but my wife, she's across from me on our patio furniture. She goes, is that the Toronto goalie again? Like, she didn't even see who it was, and she could tell by the tone of the clip that, it was Jack Cam- Campbell beating himself up. That's got to change. Like it's life is, as you mentioned at the beginning, it's not fair. Well, it's, I don't believe that word, but it's too difficult. Anyways, you've got to manage yourself to get through this. And he has to stop taking ownership of it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good perspective for sure. Kelly, this is great. Always appreciate it. Thanks for still taking time to check in here on your day off. I hope it's been a good one, and we will talk again next week, man. You got it. Thanks, Reed. Take care, bud. Really good stuff there from Kelly Rudy. He's powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. I love that story about sitting there in 1993, day before Game 7, huge stage, embracing the moment, and then all of a sudden, popping into his head what if we lose tomorrow someone told me once the the human brain is wired for negative thoughts so i try to remember that sometimes and i think that's something athletes always have to overcome the human brain is wired for negative thoughts and that leads to self-doubt and all that type of thinking that doesn't help athletes doesn't help anybody quite frankly so you know, remember that maybe you're wired for negative thoughts, but you can do things to alter the wiring a little bit if you concentrate on it. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Tampa Bay leading Carolina halfway through the second period of game two as the Bolts try to go up 2-0 in that best of seven. The Canadian final, the North Division series between the Jets and the Canadians will start tomorrow in Winnipeg and there will be some fans at that game, which is uh, pretty cool. They're going to have some uh, healthcare workers at the game. So uh, that's pretty good. We're starting to slowly have some fans coming back here in Canada. And uh, again, with the Canadian Football League season, looks good for August 5th and uh, probably with, uh, with no limits on capacity, at least here in Alberta. So it is the Edmonton Elks. And you can always get more on 630Ched.com. 
and uh, globalnews.ca. So this whole discussion about the team name possibly being Elks has been going on for months because that has always been a name on the shortlist. We knew that right from the very beginning. It's It has a callback to a earlier incarnation of the franchise. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, somebody wrote in that the Edmonton Elks played in the Grey Cup in 1922 and lost 13-1 to Queen's University. And so when we were talking about Elks, this is what inspired our our uh, award-winning segment, Name the Animal, because Kellen played an elk noise. And I, I was uh, I was shocked at, at what it actually sounded like. But what do we have here, Kellen? What, what do we have for the elk sound? So there it is. I didn't know that's what an elk sounded like. I didn't know that's what an elk sounded like. So because of that, that eventually evolved into uh, into name the animal. So I don't know if we're going to have elk bugles or horns or something like that. I imagine there's more marketing to come. We saw T-shirts and uh, hoodies and some uh, pants and hats and stuff like that. I, I really like the way the logo looks. I think it's an absolute winner. Like I said, elks for me was... Uh, on a short list, I I, th- I feel like I might have to take gets the helmet for me might take some getting used to, but I also didn't really see it with a full kit, so maybe it'll look better in game action or different in game action. Plus, I think there will be an alternate helmet with the double E logo on it, so all some things to look forward to. So, when are we getting back to playing? Well, here's the team president Chris Presson on the return to play. I think we're in a really good position. I think um, Canadians should be commended, specifically Albertans, for really battening down the hatches these last three weeks. And our numbers, as you've said, have gone down. Getting the vaccination is the key. Um, having spoken with the province as recently as last Friday, uh, they're very focused on that first dose and making six, making sure 60% of the, the, the population has that, which we, we've achieved that. Yep. Uh, we expect, um, through our conversations, to be in stage three relatively quick if people continue to be responsible and get, va- get vaccinated. And then as you look at our season and, and where I believe we will be, uh, I think we're in a really good spot. I, I think it's not just us, what you're seeing in, in BC with their announcements, Saskatchewan and their premier. When you look at uh, what Montreal, Premier Legault, what he said, and, and the fact that the Canadians had uh, fans in the stands for game six, as he said they would, uh, I think that's a, a major step forward for our league. Uh, we're working on the schedule as we speak. Uh, I feel like we're close to a schedule. And um, again, I think we're in a very good position and it's, it's nice to see say that i mean if you think about it as i know you guys have and our fans who are listening have it's been almost two years since we've had a game and uh, who would have thought that i mean it's just unbelievable to even try to wrap your head around that and for us to have been in in what's been a really wild and 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 sad and fragile time for our world to to be coming out of that or at least it feels like we are it's a nice feeling that is Chris Preston looking forward to the return to play, which I think will be the next storyline now for the Edmonton Elks and the rest of the Canadian Football League. Hey, you know what? It kind of rolls off the tongue now that I'm saying it. That's good. It's easier to say than double E football team or Edmonton football team or EEs. Well, I'm still going to call them the EEs sometimes. That still fits. They kept the double E. All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Appreciate your phone calls, texts, and emails. Oh, I'm golfing tomorrow morning. So you know what that means for you tomorrow night, everybody. You got to listen to me moan about my golf game. Yeah, how do you like that?
little bit of revenge for me. Going to listen to all of you moan. I get to do it tomorrow. But my God, no, I'm joking. Every I love all of you. Well, most of you, some of you. I do love Dave Campbell. He's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy's your studio producer. <laughs> this was fun as always. My name's Reed. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.